And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big Sean McCarthy. All right, here we go. Episode number 152 of the Weighing In Podcast. I tried to kill myself, but no, I did not do it because I had to come back for this podcast so we could bring the greatest combat sports information there is anywhere to all of our subscribers our fans our people that listen to us because they have to listen to what we have to say about what's coming up what are you doing there joshua thompson very nice shirt i know i love this shirt i have an army green one i got a black one and i got a sand colored one so they turned out bullshit i I only got one well, you only wanted one. <laughs> you wanted. You only wear black. What is it? Don't make me laugh. Oh, I love it. Let's talk about the tree, baby. Let's Painful. talk about the tree. Oh uh, man, John McCarthy with the with the W though comes out a little bit uh with some some battered ribs <laughs> like you were fighting. What's that guy in Rocky? Glover Lang. Uh, Glover, oh, Glover Lang, Lang man. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. Man. I'll tell you what. I mean, uh, I mean, coming out, let's see, I got, what, six broken ribs. I got a poked uh, hole in my lung. I got a kidney that's contused and not doing its job. So I feel really good. I'm I'm happy to be sitting right where I'm at. Oh, Killing man. me, don't fucking laugh, but oh, man. it's all good. I'll try, to, I'll try not to make you laugh. Yeah, right. I'm going to get you. <laughs> no, no, I feel bad for you, man. I'm just glad you're okay. I'm glad. I mean, you got a lot of love and support from people on our comment section. They thought it happened. Uh, before we did our last show, it actually happened right after we did our last show. But um, yep. but regardless, I'm I'm just glad you're you're okay, man. Uh, well, thank you, brother. I appreciate the, uh, it. It's a good story and stuff. It it, it's it is a good story. <laughs> so, well, we just had this conversation like the week before about doing manual labor, and I said absolutely not. Absolutely not. I'm not no doing manual way. manual labor. Heck no, around my house, absolutely. I'll call someone. I don't. If electrician, if, if something's wrong with my with my wires in my house or my light or whatever, I'm gonna call an electrician. Same thing. You won't see me sifting through shit through a, being a plumber. I'm gonna call a plumber, okay? And if you if I have 17 palm trees on my property, if if one of those branches falls, I'm calling a tree guy. Just note to self, okay, John, call a tree guy. Next if the time. if the branch falls, pick it up and put it in the trash. It's no, a palm it sometimes tree. Sometimes hang. It hangs though, and it gets annoying. And they got all these little berry things too that fall over your yard and fuck up your yard. <laughs> Look, I'm just like I said over and over again. I'm I'm glad you're okay and uh, you're home and. You know, with family and stuff. Doing but, good. Um, but let's roll into this, buddy. Let's. I know. What I don't happened? Spend too much, huh? I don't want to have a lot of your time, man. I want you to get some rest. You know, I know you got to sleep sitting up these next couple of weeks. Oh yeah, it's awesome. So, ooh, it's awesome. Um, but let's get, let's get into it. Hey, podcast Dave. I know you. Uh, your microphone is still being shipped, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. overseas. I mean, oh, basically to uh the other state. You're in Austin, Texas now. Yep. But uh, we so I guess next time we'll have to use your microphone when it gets there. But uh, go ahead, give us give us what you want to talk about. All right. So first thing we're going to get into here is a UFC uh, Vegas fight coming up, uh, which is uh, Rosenstruck versus Sakai. Okay. That's what you want to get into, Rosenstruck yeah. versus Sakai. Mm-hmm. All right, let's do it. That's Saturday night's main event, man. Uh, so. Uh, where do you guys want to start in this card? Do you want to start in the the main card? Let's yeah, let's start with the main event. Let's just go right to the main event. I mean, both guys are good. Both guys are you know phenomenal fighters. I mean, John. I mean, I look like I think it's going to be just a stand up fight. No, there's no doubt it'll be a stand up fight. Augusto, you know? for the most part, doesn't go to the ground. 
we know that Rosenstruck does not ever want to go to the ground. You know, that's a bad place for him to be. So that's, you know, this is a stand-up fight. The real question is, this is the brute power of Jorginho against the actual pretty slick style for a heavyweight, a guy that a lot of people don't like the way he looks body, you know, type-wise. Not every body is pretty, but Augusto Sakai is a good fighter. He's a tough guy. And if he can stay on the outside and move around and not get hit with a big shot, he's going to do very well in this fight. You know, you got to figure Alistair went five rounds with, you know, Jorginho. Jorginho got him at the end. But, you know, Augusto has been against Alistair also. It's an even matchup. It really is, you know, it's a matter of how does Augusto keep from being hit by the power of Rosenstruck. If he can do that, he can pull the win. If he if he gets hit with the big shots, you know, heavyweight, he's probably going to end up getting hurt and going down and then getting finished. Yeah, Rosenstruck hasn't been he hasn't looked all that great though as of recently. He's looked like he's he's just kind of like happy to be in there and he's just I don't know. I don't see I don't see the explosiveness that I saw earlier in his career. I don't see I that. see the confidence is gone. Yeah, I I don't I don't know if it's so much not the same. It's just not gone, of, but yeah, he, it's not the same. Yeah, it's not the same. Something's going on with him. I don't know whether it's his camp or whether he's just doesn't feel as comfortable in there after taking um, a couple losses. I think he just. I think ever since the Engano fight, he pretty much hasn't. He felt he hasn't. He hasn't seen the same confidence in there in terms of letting his stuff fly, and so that might be a problem because if he's not getting after Sky, then that means the Sky's gonna be able to just pick him apart from the outside. Touch, touch, move. Touch, touch, move. So it's, I think overall we're going to see a style a style contrast between the two fighters. Yeah, absolutely. I, there's no doubt in my mind that Rosenstruck is going to be trying to cut down that movement of Sakai, try to cut down the ring on him because he wants to bring the fight closer. He wants to get it. He's, he's got kicks. I'm not saying he doesn't, but he does most of his damage with his hands. And so he's going to want to get that fight into that range where he can unleash big power, big body shots, shots to the head. That's his way of finishing the fight, and that's what I see him trying to do. All right. Uh, Dave, what other fights are on this? So Marcin Tybura versus Walt Harris is the coming. Walt? Walt doing a little comeback. He's gonna, yeah. he, needs to get on the, he needs to get on track, man. He's another one with a lack of confidence right now. Yeah, I love Walt Harris. He's an athletic guy. He's, he's a, just a super guy to be around. I just right now, Marcin Tabura, you know, people don't give the guy credit. They don't look at him like he's a good fighter, and he's a good goddamn fighter. He is good in the stand-up. He's, he's absolutely adequate, you know, if not fairly good on the ground. You know, he's not a guy that goes after submissions a lot, but he can defend against them. So he uses good ground and pound. He's just a tough son bitch. You're going to have to be in his grill putting shots on him and hurting him if you want to get him, you know, out of the fight and, you know, get, get your win. You cannot be taking your time with him and thinking that you're just going to piece him up because he's going to come after you. He's one of those guys when you look, you say, look, all right, you know, this fight is not going his way, and I've seen that with a couple of people. You know, oh, it's not going, he's going to have to do something. And that's when you look at a fighter and you say, well, he's going to have to, He's going to have to take a chance. He's got to bear down. We're going to see what's made of, you know, Marcin Tabera. We're going to see what he's made of. And every time he answers, he, he, he goes after it. He does it. 
And so I look at this, you know, this is not another easy fight for Walt Harris to come back. I think Walt is the more purely athletic guy. I think he's got more range and, and length, but the way they're, they've both been fighting lately and the confidence factor, I go all the way with Marcin. Yeah. Well, he's one of those guys right now. I feel like if he doesn't get you out of there within the first round, he starts to just fade off. And if he, if he sometimes he's going to get the first round. He's almost, almost like he blows his wad early and then doesn't know how to fight out of the position where he's exhausted. You know, and then he just starts getting touched. And then it just starts being, it's, it's a confidence thing. The confidence starts going down like, oh, it's happening again. Like we've talked about this before. Guys start getting touched. As things don't start going their way. And they take a big shot and like, oh, no, it's starting to happen. And then they just start to, they start to wilt a little bit under the pressure. Now, I want to see Wall start to come back. I'm just not sure if Tybur is the guy for, uh, for him to do that against. It's going to be a I tough mean, fight for him. Yeah, you got to look at, you know, so much has happened in his life. And, and some of it just, you know, incredibly, you know, crushing. And so none of this as far as, you know, even if he loses Tybura, it means nothing to me. I still want to see him fight. I, I just want to see him come back on his terms, on his timeline. You know, and, and if he's saying that this is it, great. But, man, they put him against a tough son bitch to come back against. Yeah, this is true. <clears throat> um, what else you got for us, Dave? Uh, let's talk about Santiago Ponzanibio against Michael Baeza. That's a good fight. Ponzanibio, you know, lost in that last fight. I was, you know, you know, he, he was on a roll for a long time, and he fought against, you know, Jing Lang Li. I, can't, I know I'll never say that right, but it's, <laughs> it's Jing Lang Li. But, uh-huh. man, you know, Jing Lang Li put, a, he put a, a whooping on him with that left hook that he fucking blasted him with, and that was the first time that we saw Ponzanibio, you know, lose in the UFC in a long time. His last loss in the UFC was to Lorenz Larkin, who fights in Bellator. So, you know, Lorenz has, has been out of the UFC for a while. You know, he came over to Bellator for a while. So it's been a long time since Ponzinibbio lost. And then Lee comes in and does it. So we're gonna, I'm going to see how he regroups in this. It's going to be interesting to see how he comes back. Yeah, he's he's good. He's good all the way around. He just, uh, I think he just had a bad night, like an off yeah. night that night. And I think uh, it's, we're going to see if he's able to come back. I think he will. He'll be able to bounce back. I mean, because he, like you said, he was doing really well for a while. He was on the rise. And then, you know, that's the problem, though. You just, you end up getting that one bad fight, and it sets you back probably a good year and a half, as long as you're active. And so that's a, that's a tough go. It's It sucks because you're doing so well. You're thinking, okay, I'm getting closer to a title shot. And then you take a loss like that, it's like, oh, man. But uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens when he comes back. Dave, what else you got? John, is there any other fights on that card that you want to go over? Oh, you know, they, they they moved one that was I thought was good. They switched it up, so I'm not going to say anything about it. But those are the ones that I looked at. I, I always like watching Francisco Trinaldo. He amazes me. He's, you know, he's an older guy. Was he 40 years old now, I think? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he just comes he's a to dog. fight. Dude. He's a dog, man. He's a junkyard dog, man. He comes to fight. He always brings it. 42 years of age. God damn, man. That dude is uh, hes amazing. And so this is going to be another one of those fights for him that I look and I go, man, I don't know how this guy does it. Because, you know, and again, we're not talking about heavyweights. You know, heavyweights, they, get, they can go older into the the years as far as fighting and stuff because the activity as far as you know how much output there is and everything is it's just at a slower pace most of the time it's not like that when you're talking about 
lightweights and welterweights that he's been fighting. So, you know, he's he's just tough as hell, and he's got, you know, Muslim. So he's he's got a, another tough fight coming up. So it, it should be interesting. But I, I love watching the guy. Good stuff. <clears throat> uh, Dave, what else you got? I can't see. I just so you guys are all aware, we I we normally have like clips up and we can see everything, but right now because. We're making the transition from Dave being away and me setting things up myself. Things are and John's got broken ribs. <laughs> We're trying to make it all work today, so bear with us on this on this show. We'll get it all right for you guys next show. Uh, what else you got? So this Saturday we have Floyd Mayweather versus Logan Paul on Showtime PPV, mm-hmm. um, and so that's obviously headlining the card. Yeah, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I this is a, for me. I don't. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to say anything bad um, so much about Showtime. I just don't know what. Why I know it's. A, I know with Mayweather they have a deal with him, and so when they they said, "Hey, you're gonna fight," it's got to be on their platform. That's understandable. I just. Yeah. It, it, and look, this is the exhibition. We understand it's not a real fight. I mean, but it is going to be kind of a real fight because there's a lot of bad blood now after the whole gotcha hat thing. Gotcha and, hat. Um, you know, and so it's going to it's gonna escalate to the point where I think they're going to end up fighting. Uh, he's going to end up fighting both brothers, you know, if Jake can get past Tyron Woodley. Because if he doesn't get past Tyron Woodley, then it doesn't make any sense for, for Mayweather to fight him either. So we'll, we'll see how this whole thing goes. Look, I'm not as hyped. Like I was listening to to Shab talk about it, and he he's hyped about it. He's like, "Look, these guys." He's lying. He's only because he's working the event. You can sit there and say, Uh, "Oh, it's going to be fantastic." He's working the show. Let's be honest. Oh man, there's nothing in. There's nothing. There was the Badu Jack versus Jean Pasquale, which their first fight was phenomenal. It was incredible. And I would have loved to have seen the rematch. But Pasquale tested a little positive for something he's not supposed to be taking, which is why his body looks the way it looks. And so, you know, they pulled him from that fight card. So now it's, you know, Badu Jack against, you know, I think Dervin Kalina. And so that kind of went out the window. You got Chad Johnson, Ocho Cinco, child, please. You know, you know his whole child please thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you remember that? No, I don't. What was that? Oh, dude, it's the best because he Chad was you know playing for the Bengals, and he, look, he was one of the the best wide receivers in in pro football, no doubt about it. And uh, you know, he, you can't cuss at the officials on the field and stuff. So Chad came up with this whole thing, and he did it with his coaches, did it with his teammates, did it with everyone. And when he was basically saying "fuck you," he go "child please," right? So. <laughs> He's, you know, if you, anyone say something, he'd look, child, please, right? Because that was his, oh, like, man. fuck you. And then one oh, time man. I'm watching one of the NFL referees looks at his Chad. He goes, yeah, what? He goes, child, please. Right? And Chad goes, oh, <laughs> but look, he, he's an athlete. He's always been an athlete. He played at the University of Oregon as a receiver. I think, was it Oregon or Oregon State? I, I, I think it was Oregon State. Oregon State, you know, and uh, he was a hell of a, you know, an athlete. And so he'll be good, and the guy they're putting him against, you know, has fought boxing. If you want to say, it. he's fought bare knuckle boxing. He's fought MMA. Mm-hmm. Brian Maxwell. So I don't see Brian Maxwell doing well with with Ocho Cinco. I think Ocho's going to be too athletic. Um, he's just a better athlete, longer, better, faster. So yeah, I think Brian Maxwell is like two and three in MMA, and it's it's not Got it's it. not real pretty. So. 
Yeah, I don't know how to feel about like, I don't know how to feel about like these these one-off athletes, whether they're whether they're good athletes or not. I mean, you know, Nate everybody Robinson wants to be a fighter. So weird to me. I'm thinking to myself, why? Why would you guys want to do this to yourselves? Yeah. That's what I think about. I think like, like why? I don't understand why they you want to make that to walk, yourself. baby. Yeah, it's crazy. Like they've made the walk down the tunnel for football and and other sports that they've done, but I don't know. I this is a, this is gonna be. I like I like Coach Cinco. I've liked him when he played football. You know, for the Bengals, and then he was with the with the Pats for a while and stuff. And uh you know, he didn't have a very good run after he left the Bengals. But, I mean, he's always, he's always been really good. He was always really good. Athletics, sure. I want to say he even tried out for an MLS team, and he made it on their farm league for a little bit. You know, he's good. He's athletic. Like you said, he's fast. He's quick. He's, he looked, it sounded like he had some ball handling skills, too, in the soccer field. But um, that doesn't mean you can fight. And so nope. I don't care if the guy's 2-3. and three. I don't care if the guy's 1-15. and 15. Okay? I mean, the, thing, the fact of the matter is the, guy's also knows, the guy also knows how to take a shot. You know, he knows, he knows how to take, maybe he's, maybe he's been knocked out a couple of times. I don't know, but. Oh, no, no. He's been knocked out a lot of times. Let's okay, just be but that, is, <laughs> that does, that doesn't mean that Chad knows how to punch. That's the other I thing. Know. And it's just time. I look, I get, I get where you're going with it, but, um, I mean, who knows? I, we may just see them touch each other and get paid, you know, just like, you know, Hey, you go, I go kind of thing like a sparring match. You never know. But regardless, we'll see, we'll see what happens. I mean, in terms of the, the Logan Paul and the Mayweather fight. I, I mean, I wonder if Mayweather's going to carry him for some time or if he's going to try to get him out of there. He's going to rip the body. He's going to try to finish him up top. I don't know. He's going to try to stamp a name. He stamp, stamp his name on him so he can get it to his brother, if his brother can get past T. Wood. So we're going to see. And that fight was announced also, I think, today. They said, what, July 24th or something August like that? August 28th. Is what it was? August, oh, August 28th. 28th. We're going to okay, get into so, that, Josh. Okay. So when we get into that, like, what's what's in between there, Dave? Not it's not even you know, let, let's not let's talk about you saying he's gonna rip the body. I think, and this is I could be wrong, but Logan Paul's in for a fucking he's in for a fucking rude awakening, man. He thinks he's a boxer. And just because you're sparring, you know, Mario Lopez thinks he's a boxer too. Okay? You know, and Mario Lopez goes into Freddie Roach's and he boxes and he does, and I'm not I'm not putting Mario Lopez down at all. He boxes and he spars with guys. He spars with pros, but they're not trying to put it on him. Okay, it's a huge difference when it's for real. And man, Floyd is going to light Logan Paul up like a fucking candle. He is gonna just embarrass him, and I kind of think it's well deserved. I'm not. I have nothing against Logan Paul, but. You want to you want to come into this level because there's levels to everything. You want to come into this level and act like oh, just because you're bigger than me, you think that's going to be the difference? Okay, I think he's going to light him up. <clears throat> yeah, I don't doubt that he's going to light him up. I just wonder if he has enough to put him away. I think he can rip him to the body, drop him a couple times. I'm not sure, but I mean, I wonder if he's going to. I wonder if he's going to try to put him away or if he's going to hurt him. Like say, drop him twice each round until the ref stops it. <laughs> is it a, is it a three? What is it? Three knockdown rule? Is that what they're going with? I, mean, it's I don't know what rules they're going. Is it with. whenever the ref feels like it? I mean, you know, those are the kind of things we need to figure it out. So as soon as we figure those out, I I think realistically, if he starts dropping them, 
you know, once or twice in a round and just starts carrying them through, it's going to be so painful. It's going to be painful to watch, too. Oh! I mean, it'll be fun, but it'll be painful for poor Logan. But, I mean, really, it's just going to spark it up. It's going to spark up the fact that that his brother will be next. If his brother, like I said, if his brother... His brother's past, not going to be next. Yeah. No. <laughs> brother's uh, not going to be next. I think after he sees what after he sees uh, what happens to his to, brother, to Logan. Yeah, to Logan. Like, maybe that's not a good idea. Yeah, maybe I don't want to do that. We'll see though. We'll see. What else you got for us, Dave? All right, we're gonna go to news next, but first I'll let you guys hop into. Okay, we'll go to mybookie.ag, mybookie.com. You guys can go there. Use the promo code Wayne in, and uh, there's a lot of things to bet on right now. You got the you got hockey's going on right now. We John and I both love hockey, and everything's been going to overtime. Your Predators out, and uh, my Washington Capitals are out. So I guess just go out there and pick on the team that you think is going to take it all. You know, and you've got basketball also. The finals there as well coming up. I mean, the the playoffs are in as well. So make sure you guys uh, take a look there at mybookie.ag and use the promo code Wayne in. All right, so um, hopping into some news, uh, it was announced that uh, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. is going to fight Anderson Silva. He's predicting a knockout over Anderson Silva, um, and so that was one of the one of the next kind of big boxing bouts that was announced. He's probably going to get it. Yeah, he's going to just going to put it the way it is. Look at Anderson is forty five. 45 yeah, years 45. of age. Look at Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. is not doing great right now in boxing, but for a while he was a real boxer and he was doing a lot of good things. He went against Sergio Martinez and went, you know, the 15 rounds and had Martinez in trouble in the 15th round. He had lost most of the rounds, but he had Martinez in trouble in the 15th round, almost got rid of him to win that belt from him. He's won world titles. Um, He's a boxer. Anderson's not a boxer. You know, that's not going to be a good night for Anderson. And I love Anderson, but it's no. not it's not a smart move. No, I don't understand why he's taking that fight. I mean, I know maybe it's a money grab, but still. I mean, you got to I think for all of these MMA guys, you've got to come like you you guys are going into their world and they're going to just use you as someone on their benchmark and say, "Hey, yeah, I knocked out that MMA guy. No big deal." See? Like I don't I don't get why these guys are doing this. Money. All of them. I doesn't. I. I uh, I don't know. But it's there comes a point where the money is this. I mean, here, John. Who did we just have on our show? We just had Alan Jobon on our show, and how much money did he leave on the table? Same thing wow. with me. I left a ton of money on the table. I know there is so much money left out there. I could have went out there and fought a bunch of Alan Jobon. Could have went out there. And, Paul Felder probably could have went out there and fought a bunch more people. And made a ton of money. But do you want to go out there and lose, and then I'll be somebody else's highlight reel? Do you want to like knowing that like you're not you're not at the level you should be or you used to be, and like, but what's the point? I don't get that part of it all. Like, are you are you that? Is it is it is it that important to you to make that money? Is it really or or is it, like what? Yeah, there comes a, look at there comes a point where like, everyone starts with the same thing. We have egos. Everyone starts with an ego. And you, you believe that you're the toughest. You believe that you can beat people. You beat anybody. And eventually, you're going to run to that person that proves, oh, you can't beat everyone because they just are a style that's tough for you and things like that. And then you have this career like, you know, all of, you know, you and Alan and Paul and 
you know, even Anderson, let's be honest, Anderson had such a long winning streak. But when the losses started to come, they came in a big wave because it's like anything. It's like it's like the four-minute mile. You know, how long did it take for Roger Bannister to be the first guy to run the four-minute mile? You know, and what is a four-minute mile today? Nothing, right? But mentally... Human beings, all of us, we have this, oh, man, that hasn't been done. And it, it's all about being mental. Well, you know, once something's been done, then people believe, I can do it too. I can beat that guy. And as you get older, as you get a little slower, as you're just not the same fighter, you don't take the same shot in the same way. The, the shot that you used to walk through kind of makes you take two steps back and makes you reset and makes you you know, get that tingle going down your spine that you have to get rid of. It's all these little things that add up. Now it becomes, I, I'm fearful. I'm fearful that if I step away from the world that I have been part of for most of my you know young adult life, I don't have anything. I don't know what to do. And how am I going to make money? And that's, it's the wrong thought process, but it's what a lot of fighters have. And so their ego goes to the side and it becomes more about I just need to make I need to put I need to pay bills. I need to put food on the table. And so if I end up having to fight someone and, and they beat me, okay, but let me get my next fight. And I've seen it too many times. I've seen it too many times with guys. And it's it, it's sad because there is all these things out there for everyone that has been great at this sport. And I tell I tell guys all the time, I mean, guys, you know, I'm I'm being honest. And when I you know, I'll talk to guys and they'll say, John, I don't have a college education. And I say, Yes, you do. It just <laughs> yeah. doesn't come from a university. You need to understand yeah. that. You have a PhD. It's in something that most people would really like to know how to do, but they're afraid of it. So now it's your ability to take that knowledge that you have and figure out a route that's going to be something that people can be interested in and that you can make your living off of. And it's there, but you have to put the same amount of work into that that you put into your fight career. It's not going to just happen. No one's going to do it for you. You've got to do the work, you know, and it's, it's a matter of getting guys to, to understand that, you know, I, I love what, you know, you say, and I know you got it from, I think Gary V of man, you, you got to give up that life that you've been living to start your new one. Yep. And it's true. It's so true, but it, and it's sad. <clears throat> yeah, I've, I, I continue to repeat that over and over, especially to all these athletes, all the athletes, not just MMA guys. I mean, talk about pro, fo, pro football players, pro basketball players, and all those other, everybody. As soon as you are done doing your sport, as soon as you're done in that sport, you need to move on. And the way you move on is by letting that other stuff go. Now, look, after you develop your whatever it is you're doing, come back to it. Like, you know, I'll come in and kick the bag. I'll come in and roll with my students. I'll come in and do some workouts, you know, but I don't go into AKA and spar with those guys anymore. I don't go there and grapple with those guys. I'll go in, shake hands, you know, and hang around, see, see all the ones that have kids. Now they have their kids in there while they're still trying to train. You know, I get it. I want to go in there and say hi and say what's up, but I'm not trying to get in there. I'm not a fighter anymore. You know, people, it's so funny. I walk past the cage now, and they're like, oh, man, do you miss it? I'm like, not one fucking uh, bit do I I love, I love when you, I've heard people ask you, and you go, not at all. Are you listening miss, to that? 
<laughs> I don't miss it. I, I, I walk past the cage and you can hear the thud and the uh and the uh. And like, even when they don't land clean, the forearm hits the body. It's like, uh, uh. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, I can hear it from my desk up there with Jen Brown. I'm like, absolutely not. Fuck that. It's for the birds, man. You're out of your damn mind. It just comes a point in your life where you're just thinking to yourself, I've got to move on. And like, and I said, I said this on Rogan's show when I was on there, I said, Hey, if you spend as much time as you did at the gym, focusing on something else, one other thing, you'll be fucking really damn good at that. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You, if you spend like, let's say you spend five hours a day at the gym, right? Just say two, two hours, two and a half hours, two training sessions, and maybe like an hour of running, right? Something like that. So you're spending about five hours, five and a half hours a day training. If you spend that amount of time on something else, which isn't a lot of time. If you think about it, right? You spend that you're going to, you know, you'll be good at something because all of these fighters, you've got that addiction that you athletes, I think pro athletes that were good, they have an addictive personality. They find something they really like, they become addicted to it and they just keep doing it and keep doing it. And then I think that's why a lot of athletes, some athletes have, you know, drug problems or alcohol problems or whatever, it's because we have addictive personalities. Otherwise we wouldn't be good at basketball or football or fighting or whatever it is. We wouldn't be good because we have that type of personality where we loved it so much that we ingrained ourselves in it. We just jumped in and we're just at full go. This is what we wanted to do. That's why we were so good. If you dedicate that much time to something else, you'll be just as good at that within a year, maybe let's just say a year, year and a half, two years, you'll be pretty damn good. And that's my, that's always been my take, but you've got to get rid of your old life. Your old life was fighting. That's not anymore. Move on, move on to that one thing and dedicate your time. And guess what? You're going to be damn good at it. It doesn't matter what it, is. it doesn't have to even be fighting related. That's the other thing, you know I mean? I've been blessed enough. I think Paul Felder and Alan, they're going to be blessed enough to go ahead and probably still do commentary as much as possible and be part of that team, which is great. And that's the same thing happened to me. But I've also done, I started, we started this, you know, like before I retired, was it before I retired? Yeah. No, I kind of no retired. it was after yeah, you retired. It was, it was after retired, but it was like, yeah. we started this around this time. You know what I mean? It was like, but I was like, look, I was already kind of doing a show before and it wasn't working out. And I was like, you know, I got to start doing it on my own. And then uh, you and I had started hanging out a lot. I was like, Hey, let's do, let's do this show together. And you're like, yeah, you're like, sure. I'll hang out with you. Fine. Whatever. And it was kind of, that's how it all came about. You know what I mean? But. I, I, I was dedicating time to this before because I knew this was something that I was interested in doing. Talking about fighting is something I was interested in doing. And I knew that I wanted to eventually probably try to get in with Bellator or whatever, whatever companies I could get in with to do commentary, you know, and, and this is kind of where I wanted to make my focus, but that's not it. I still own, I still own two gyms. I still focus a lot on those gyms, you know, and I'm working on a bunch of other things. You have to dedicate yourself to other things, other avenues, you know, on, like you said, all of these athletes have connections. Like it doesn't matter. Name some of your sponsors, some of your sponsors. How can you get in with them to help build whatever it is company they're using, whether it's a clothing company, whether it's a, you know, a, a gi company, whatever it is, you know, like, some sort of, you know, fit material, whatever it is, like, you know, a dumbbell rack or kettlebells, jump in with those companies, start doing videos for them, have them pay you. Like there's ways to, there's avenues to make money until you figure out exactly what it is you guys want to do. But yeah, I think, I know I'm beating a dead horse here, but, but I think all of these athletes are, they're very damn good at what they, at, at things. And they can be good at anything if they just dedicate as much time as they did to fighting. I know they could. Yep. Huh. It's, all right, Dave. I, just, I want that. I want the best for all of them. What no else you got more for us, about Dave? the the old man boxing stuff. 
<laughs> all right well i mean honestly that's that's coming back whether you like it or not but all we'll right, save it to the right. end we right, we, right. we have uh we have something we can throw in between all right so the next piece kind of um kind of ties in what josh was just talking about um and it was just around fighter pay and charles Oliveira, and it kind of came out this week he you know he'd said um um basically that you know he's not making as much money as people might think he is and he's not rich by any means and um, he hopes to get there um but definitely right now he's he's not you know, he said, but you know, he talked about um, when you see when you see it at the end, you um, you get less than guys who didn't do anything. I didn't earn fifty thousand in bonuses seventeen times. I actually earned fifteen thousand, twelve thousand, ten thousand. And he talks about giving um, thirty percent to your team and then twelve to fifteen percent um, to the state. And so, like, he just kind of like is outlining how much money he's actually making versus what people might think. Yeah, well, I mean, let, let's let's break this down for people so they understand a little bit. When, and this is, it's not, it's nothing against the UFC. The UFC is giving a $50,000 bonus. Okay, they're paying $50,000 out there. Now, I don't know what the breakdown is for Charles and his management team and his trainers. One of the things that I always hated was when a fighter would win a bonus in the UFC and they'd get that $50,000 bonus and the manager was getting part of it. They didn't deserve one fucking nickel of that. They didn't do anything in that fucking cage. They didn't set that up. They don't deserve it. They shouldn't get any of it, but most of them want it and they put it in the contract and they get the money from the fighter. So that's now, instead of $50,000, and we'll say that you're giving 15%, 10%, whatever it is, if it's 10%, well, you just, you're just you handing over you know, a good chunk of money to your manager there at $5,000. Then maybe with the trainer. Well, then there's also taxes. And if you're Charles Oliveira, there's not only taxes in the United States, then when you go to Brazil, they're dipping you again for taxes. And so he's not lying about, hey, man, I'm making, you know, 15, 12, 10,000 from that 50,000. He's actually being honest about that. That's about what he, I would say about $15,000 is what he's putting in his own pocket after everyone takes, you know, their little piece being government, management, trainers, all that stuff. That's all true. Uh, what, is, what is a shame about this, in my opinion, for Charles Oliveira? Here's a guy that you look at, and he has been in the UFC for over 30 fights. And this is where when people when people sit there and they you know I you know I hear all the time you know, John you know you and Josh are shills you just hate the UFC. I've told people I don't know how many times I love the UFC. I will always love the UFC. I came up helping that organization actually survive. I want them to survive always, but I do know when you have a fighter such as Charles Oliveira, a guy who has fought I want to say at least thirty fights in the UFC and has a record of, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing off the top of my head, you know, let's say 23 of those are wins, something like that. You know, if out of 30 fights, probably 23 of them are wins. I mean, here's a guy he's been fighting his ass off for you and he deserves to make enough money to where he doesn't have to worry about these things. When, when you When you sit there and you listen to him, he says, you know, I have a car payment. Well, he does, you know, and then he's, you know, and I have, I have a, I have a payment on my motorcycle. Well, I'm just saying, Charles, 
take it from a guy that just got attacked by a tree, get off the motorcycle. Even though I, yeah. I have a motorcycle too, but you know, yeah. this is. But it, you know, he does. He's got you know, he's got payments. He's got a house payment. He's got a family to take care of. He doesn't make the money that people think. Now, he's in that position now, and you know this. Yeah, he's in the position to now make that type of money. And this is what you fight for, and this is why you want to get to those title fights, and this is why you want to become the champion, because now the opportunity for really big paydays is there for him. Can he produce, though? Not only produce in the cage, but also produce in putting butts in the seats, in getting people interested in his fights. You, you, you can take you know, nothing from him. He's got more submissions, more knockouts, more finishes than anybody ever, I guess, in the UFC. I mean, he, he's doing his part. He's doing his job. And so I would love to see Charles Oliveira get that payday that makes it to where he feels comfortable in his life, to where he doesn't have to worry about money. But this is, this is a world champion. He's the UFC lightweight world champion. So now, people, as you're thinking about the UFC as an organization, how many champions do they have? Huh? 10? You know, maybe 12 total, you know, something, and then we'll say 12 champions. And they've got 600 and some fighters on their roster. Now, some of those fighters make good money, you know, that aren't champions. You got the Connors that are making good money. You got the Michael Chandlers that are making good money. You got people that are making good money. But most of them, they're less than what Charles Oliveira is making. They're having a hard time, and you've had fighters recently leave. You know, leave the UFC, leave fighting because they say, I just can't do it. It's not worth it. I don't make the money I need to even pay my bills. I have to have a job. So if you're going to be in a professional sport, you know, at that level, and this is, you know, if you're going to be a professional fighter and you're fighting in King of the Cage, you're fighting in Gladiator Challenge, you're fighting in, you know, Reality Fighting or any of these things, hey, don't expect that to pay your bills. Yes, you're a professional as far as the Athletic Commission looks at you, but you haven't reached that upper level. But when you reach the UFC, yeah, that's the upper level. You shouldn't be having to work that secondary job. Just the way I feel about yeah. it. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, but look, I don't. I don't put as much of it. I agree that they don't. They shouldn't have to have a second job. So they should be making enough to not have a second job. That's yes. one. Two is. Like, I, I'm not going to get into the UFC. I, I look at this more in terms of, like, Charles talking about his management taking this and this and this. You've got to nip that in the bud. Boy, you, you got to get rid of that management. I'm sorry. You you do not. I don't even know who his manager is. I don't know, either. But you do not get any part of that bonus. Boy. If you're a manager, there is no way you're taking any part of my bonus. Absolutely not. And, but you know, I, I, am, I am telling you, Josh, I have had stone-cold arguments with managers who say, no, I deserve that. How in the fuck do you deserve that? You didn't fucking do anything. Yeah. You, you, get, yeah. you got him this fight. Okay, you were part of the contract that ended up getting him this fight. Okay, you get your pay. But as far as extra, you don't deserve shit. Yeah, let me explain this to every single fighter, every single one of you guys. If you guys are paying your manager more than 10%, you're getting robbed. You're getting absolutely robbed. If you are paying your manager more than 10%, you're getting robbed, okay? Your manager should get 10%, your trainer should get 10%. That's 20% of your purse. 
any more than that, you're getting robbed. Now, I will say this. I will give, if I get a submission, if I get a knockout, whatever it was, I will give that coach, whichever coach that was, I will give them a percentage of that bonus. I got a knockout against Nate. I gave my striking coach a little bit more bonus from that bonus. Okay, hold on. But that's on you. That's not that they're saying, oh, I get it no matter what. You're the one saying, hey, I got a submission of the night here. I'm going to give my submission coach some extra. It's on you. It's not expected. No, no, it's not expected, but that's something that you, I think as a fighter you should probably thank them for. I mean, like in terms of whatever it was, especially like in the Nate setup, like that situation, that came strictly from shit I was doing on the pads with my stand-up guy. You know, we had talked about setups and this and the leg kicks and all this stuff to help set things up. So that was a, that was one portion of it. But there was also, like there was bonuses that I got for the Benson fight and this and that, and I gave I gave a little bit to my striking coach and my jiu-jitsu coach. Those are things on you whether you want to or not. It was a bigger name fight. It was a bigger opportunity. I got a little bit more money for that fight, and then I got a little bit more money and bonuses too, backroom bonuses, checks in the mail. So I did that, but there was no. There's absolutely not. If your manager is taking more than 10%, you're getting ripped off. Because let's just be honest, John, and you know this, there's real no negotiation with the UFC. This is the price. This is what you're going to get. What are they negotiating? Yeah. Here's, here's, here's our pay structure. You want to you yes. see it? It's up on it's the pretty, board for you. It's pretty self-explanatory. Take a list of all the guys in the top 10 and look at what they're getting paid. That's where you're going to fit in somewhere in there if you're a top 10 fighter. If you're not, then you're going to get paid below in the top 15 guys. So take a look at those structures and see what they are. Your manager is not negotiating you shit. They're not doing anything for you, honestly. You could do the same thing. Dana said this years ago. I don't know why guys even have managers. This is realistically what we fucking do. This is it. Like this was years ago when Joe was was Joe was uh was the matchmaker. It's like, yeah, go ahead. You can go ahead and negotiate for another three or five thousand. That's fine. Now you're, we're going to take that off of your room, your back room bonuses. So if you were getting twenty five grand, now you're getting a ten thousand dollar bonus. You pick and choose really what you want to fight for. That's what it comes down to. So if your manager taking more than ten percent, tell him to go shove it. Go with someone else. Anybody else can negotiate that deal. I'm just being honest with you. Now it does get a little uh, hairy when you start getting into like the the pay per view money and the the That's dollars different. and cents and all that stuff. It is a different situation. You also have to remember you're you shouldn't be signing contracts for ten fight deals and eight fight deals, whatever you do. Because if you and your manager have a falling out, that that manager's getting paid for those ten fights. You should be paying him anyway. Like you have a contract with him for the the contract he negotiated. You want to make sure that you're signing fights for say four to six fight deals. Anything longer than that, I mean, I really don't. I don't. I really don't recommend it because even if you do fight for the title, that extends your fight anyways, two to three fights. So what does it matter if you get there? Then that means that you're on the rise, you're successful, all of those things. If you're paying your manager more than that, or you're paying your coaches more than that, then you need to have a talk with all of them and say, look, this is what we're going to pay, and this is what it is. If not, I'm sorry, but there's 100 other teams out there that have success. You know, you look at what Usman did when he left. He didn't really leave Sanford MMA, but he went, and he went and traded over at Elevation with um, – with uh, Trevor G- Gaethje, yeah, Trevor Whitman. So I mean, look, you can find success anywhere if you just find the right locations of where you want to be. 
doesn't mean you have to be in your hometown. I know most people, like for me, I love to be train in my own, my own hometown. But I was also one of the original guys out of AKA. And there really wouldn't, and you can hear Javier will tell you, there really would be no AKA like team, fight team without me. Because I'm the one that begged and pleaded for him to coach all the fighters. He didn't want to coach anybody. He was like, nah, I don't want to work it. I don't want to train those guys. I don't want to hold for anybody. You know, he just wanted to focus on one person or two people. It was me, Frank Shamrock, a couple other guys, and that was it. He didn't want to train anybody. And I was like, look, you got to start spending more time with him. You got to start, I had to push him into doing all that stuff. And now look, now look at what he's got. He's got a bunch of world champions and he's got a great gym with a great group of fighters, you know? And so that's kind of like, I don't want to, I don't think that we should, I don't think you should stretch yourself for a coach. Don't get me wrong. There's great coaches out there, but guess what? There's another one down the road, you know, as much as I know it doesn't seem right. And maybe I'm talking out my ass, but I know you mesh with certain people, but also if you mesh with those people, they should understand that we don't make a ton of money and this money has got to last us the rest of our life. Coaches, after you're done, they will move on to the next younger fighter. They will continue to do what they do. You will have to have to recreate yourself into making yourself something else like we talked about earlier. You're going to have to dedicate your time and your effort, which is going to cost you money to get better at something else. And so that's going to take a year or two years. You still have bills to pay. You still have things to pay. You still have, some of you have kids and wives and families and, and things to take care of. That money is going to go quick. So you that can't is. be giving away extra money to people that don't deserve it. Like you, you did all the blood, sweat, and tears. I get it that they helped you get there, but just, I know I'm being a dead horse again, but this is really what it comes down to. 10% to the coach, 10% to the manager. Coaches can split that 10% and you guys figure it out. If you guys are paying more than that, okay? If you guys are paying more than that, John just sneezed. Her coughed and I saw that look. Oh man. But if you guys are paying more than that, you guys are paying too much. Yep, I agree with you, totally. You know, all right. I, it's, Next. it's a t- it's a tough pill to swell. It's it's a tough yeah. pill to swallow because some of them are connected really tight with their coaches. But the bottom line is, is that if they if they are really tight with you, they should understand ten and ten is fair. So you have to say you're passionate about that subject. I'm very passionate about it. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Second to last piece of news is uh, the announcement of Jake Paul versus Tyron Woodley, and that just came out. We are never getting away from Jake Paul. He is going to be part of combat sports and everything for the rest of my life, especially my life since I'm trying to end it quickly. But, <laughs> I mean, you take a look, and again, and, and no disrespect, and Tyron is a little bit of a different beast, but again, he's going after a wrestler. Tyron Woodley is a wrestler. That's what he came from. No, you don't think so. No, I do think so. No, I do. I'm shaking my head like I don't. I I just said earlier, I don't understand why these MMA guys keep doing this. Well, because they think because they have fought that oh, I can go in there and I can I'll box this guy's ears off. You're not going to box his ears off. I'm just you know, I'm not saying that Tyron can't win this, but it ain't going to be easy. He's going to be in for a boxing match, and he better get himself in shape, and he better be ready to go. The whatever it's going to be, eight rounds or whatever they're going to make it, you better be ready to go all eight rounds because Paul's going to be in there and Paul's going to be putting shots on him. Now, Tyron has power. He's got a good right hand, but he doesn't throw in combinations, and he definitely doesn't throw like a boxer. So you better start getting in a boxing gym and figuring out all those things that you've learned over time that have made you successful in MMA. None of them are worth shit in a boxing match. 
You're going to have to change everything. So, again, nice move by Jake Paul. Just going to say it. Yeah, he, he talked him into he talk, he so he it. He reeled him into it. Yeah, he just reeled him in and said, hey, come to Poppy. And that's exactly what happened. Look, do I hope Tyron Woodley wins? Absolutely. I hope he wins. But will he get it done? He I don't smokes know. him in the first five seconds. I don't want to. I look. I don't want to count T Wood out because T Wood's my boy, man. I would really, I really want him to win. The thing is, though, is that like you said, this is not a boxing. This is not an MMA fight. This is a boxing match. He's gonna have to. He's gonna have to dedicate a lot of time to this. A lot of time. He, a lot. It's gonna be a lot of drills. A lot of footwork. A lot of relaxation. It's gonna be pushing yourself to an exhaustion point in terms of shoulders, back, everything. It's not just about hitting the bag. It's not just about you know hitting mitts. It's not about looking pretty out there. Okay, it's about putting a pace on him that he can go hard for the eight rounds or whatever it is, like you said, and that he can go ahead and keep his hands up. Tyron carries so much muscle for such a smaller guy. He's shorter in stature, but he's thick. Like his legs are thick, his calves are thick, his shoulders, back, everything. He's extremely muscular. But do I think he's going to get it done? It's going to be a close fight. I think if I think it's going to end up going into the fifth and sixth somewhere around there. I wouldn't say I don't know if it's going to go full eight, but I mean. You got to remember, though, too, T. Wood's, what, 38, 39? I think he's 39. 39. 39 years old. And so when you're talking about – you're not talking about you're, – you're fighting a guy 39 years old. You're fighting a kid who's, what, 25? 24. Yeah, 24, 24 years old. Yeah. yeah, he's 24. I mean, he's going he's gonna to have all that pep in the step. He's going to have the go. You know, these kids, they might be YouTube stars or whatever it is they're doing, but, well, but guess bucks. what? They're they're dedicating their time to getting in shape. They have nothing else to do but talk shit and get in shape, you know. And then the the, the shitty part is is they're fighting guys that are thirty nine and they're and they're older fighters and they're not they're wrestlers and they're MMA guys. They're not boxers, and so these guys are going to keep thinking they can do it, and it's it's going to keep biting them off. Now, what happens if you lose? Don't like you'll never fight again. I don't know if you ever plan on fighting again, but you'll never fight again. No. You know, it's not. I mean, I, I can't imagine you ever fighting again in MMA. That's for sure. And then I don't. I look. I'm not saying he's gonna lose. I think T. Woods got a way better chance than than Ben Askren did. Um, but I think I don't know, like T. Like you said, T. Wood doesn't throw things in, in combination. He, you know, he's good at slipping and throwing, mm-hmm. but he doesn't throw things in combinations. And he does tend to slow down as the fight goes on. His shoulders get heavy. His combinations don't come out as clean. He does load up like in his last fight, you know, uh, with Vicente Luque, right? Yep. Yeah, he, he was loading up. He started loading up, trying to get the knockout. As he gets tired, he starts to load up. And he's going to have to make sure he's in physical top, tip-top shape for this fight. And even then, I don't know if it's going to be enough. Do I you think he box? He... I think he's got power, yes. But I don't know if he's going to be able to go eight rounds. You know, T. Wood fights at 170. This fight will at least be at 190, which might not be a bad thing for T. Wood. It might, yeah. you know, because he's not doing a big weight cut, but you got to be used to make sure you're not coming in at that super heavier weight that you're not used to carrying that type of weight, especially over eight rounds of boxing, because you cannot rely on grabbing a hold of somebody and clinching them and getting your break. It's not there. They're going to separate you, and you're going to be right back to action, and it's a completely different pace. You know, it's no different when you are used to wrestling. When you're used to being a wrestler, and you can do that all day when you're used to it because you're comfortable there. But you put a wrestler into a boxing ring, and and they can be in the greatest wrestling shape there is, but real fast they get exhausted in a boxing ring. Same as you put a boxer who's in great shape, 
put them in on a wrestling mat, they're exhausted within a minute because they're not used to that. There, there's no relaxation. You're not comfortable. And when you're not comfortable with what you're doing, it, it shows. And it, it definitely shows in your performance. It shows in the way that you're able to carry on in the fight. And uh, I just look at it and I go, man, you guys keep making mistakes. I was surprised they were talking about Michael Bisping being one. I said, that's really good. You know, some athletic commission is actually going to let a guy that now has one eye fight? Come on. Are you kidding me? This is, you know, uh, it's crazy. And then Chael Sonnen was the other. Chael Sonnen brings in, oh, if you if you promise me Mike Tyson afterwards, okay. I love that one. <laughs> the American Chael, gangster. He's, he's, just, he's just trolling. Oh, he's no. Trolling. Is, he, is he not? And I oh, love that. Man. I go, Chael, you wouldn't step in the fucking ring with Mike Tyson for nothing. I think he would. 53 years <laughs> of age? Would. Nope. Not in a boxing no, match, he wouldn't. No, I, no, it's just... Like, I just... um, I, I, I would like to see if they do it at, at a lighter weight. Maybe 185, somewhere more than another five pounds. Because I don't know if T-Wood can carry the weight and still be in phenomenal shape. That's exactly it. People think... People think they just, oh, because you don't have to cut weight. No, but you still have, your body still has to get used to carrying that weight. Yeah. And I'll give you guys an example is every time, and I'm just going to use myself here, is, is if, I, if I walked around throughout my whole camp at 170, once I cut my weight, I didn't go put weight on back above 170 because my body wasn't used to training with that. So can you imagine like if I put up to 171 or 172 by the time I fought, then I'm carrying an extra two pounds. My body has for the last eight weeks hasn't been carrying. So why would I do that? That and two pounds like, makes a difference. It does make a difference. I mean, try running a mile with another two pounds in your pocket, you know, or put on a jacket that has two, two pounds in it. It makes a big difference. And people are like, oh, two pounds. No, it's a lot. The yeah. other thing as well is that boxing is a, is a the pace is different, you know, and, and they're three-minute rounds. I'm assuming they're going to end up being three-minute rounds. Yeah. Is three-minute rounds, eight rounds, it maybe it doesn't seem that bad. Because you get those minute breaks where, oh, MMA, you get to fight five rounds, you get a minute break. Yeah, but it's not the same. The pace is different because there's they know places, they get that minute break. There's places to rest in yes. MMA that you cannot rest in a boxing ring. It's just nope. a different, different sport. Yeah, and once you get someone that knows how to cut angles, and I'm not saying that Jake Paul knows how to cut the angles all that well, but I'm saying you get someone that's got you running around in circles and you become target practice – Fuck, you get exhausted a lot faster. And not not you know only what? you know what you're saying, cuts angles that puts pressure on you, where you yep. can't get that breath of air, because every time you try to circle out, they're cutting that angle and they're throwing something. So now you're running into it. So you're having to stop your body and now come back the other way. Totally different. Yeah, it's exhausting. Yeah, I mean, I've sparred quite a bit. I sparred with this kid named Ricardo Pinnell. I believe he's retired, undefeated. He might be retired, but I mean, he's he was. He was uh, eight and zero when we started sparring. By the time he, by the time I had retired, him and I had had our last sparring sessions. I think he was fourteen or fifteen and zero. So he's a pretty good boxer. And then I sparred with Robert Guerrero several times. Phenomenal boxer as well as everyone knows. But I mean, it's just a pace. It's a different pace, yep. you know. With those guys, I mean, I could only do four rounds with Robert, and he was making me look like I'd never fucking stepped in a boxing ring in my life. Your man, you your know? man Guerrero is going to be fighting my man coming up. We got to put a bet that? on that one. Who's he fighting? You got the Manny Pacquiao, Errol Spence uh, fight, yeah. and on that, yeah. Robert Guerrero is going to fight uh, Victor Ortiz. Ah, so, I, I, haven't, I haven't seen Victor Ortiz in a while. That's because that he had some problems. Ah, uh, that makes for that makes for a fun fight, though. It's a great fight. All right, we will have to put a little wager. We will on have that. to put a little wager on that one. All 
I'm about to put a little wager on. I'll do a steak dinner with that. (laughs) I got it. Uh, um, But yeah, but like, uh, yeah, with Ricardo Pernell, a different type of boxer. Not not as as smooth as as Robert, but someone that kind of walked you down and threw some heavy body shots. He was a big body digger. You know, and just come up top too. So those guys, you always got to keep keep tight and stay tight. Otherwise, you know, you'll you're dropped to your knee on your canvas. I don't know. T Woods got his hands full. He's got to focus on making sure that his shoulders and back and muscle condition is on point for this one. Yes, you know, he if does. he can do that, I think he's got a good. I think he's got a real good chance because he's got power. There's no doubt about that. You know, and he's got the instinct to be a fighter. He's always had that. So I think, yep. I, I think uh, we're gonna see. We're, this this is what makes it fun though. Is, is the guessing game. This is why people tune in. That's why they. That's why they like those that the poodle is. hair kids. So, all right. What else you got for My us? My poodle hair thing is gonna stick. <laughs> Last piece of news. Um, uh, just regarding something that happened over this past weekend. Uh, there was news that came out that one of the MMA referee legends had a fight with a tree. Um, <laughs> and lost. Seriously 100,000 subscribers, 100,000 subscribers want to know what the full story is. John. Uh, all right, well let the, here's the truth of the story. No, well it's actually got it's got some funny parts in it too, but my my daughter lives out near me and she has a farm. And when we, when we got the farm, there was this oak tree. It's a red oak by her house. Pretty close, but it's huge probably 60 inches you know as far as straight from one one side of it to the next it's just a massive oak tree but i could see that bugs carpenter ants termites had eaten a lot of the trunk and it was splitting and i told her i said you know you're gonna have to take that tree down and she's like she goes i'm not taking that tree it's gorgeous i said it's dying well the other night my daughter has to go to uh a funeral up in Alaska and the tree falls. It splits in half. And luckily it missed the house. The part that, that, uh, fell, it missed the house. It missed the sheds that were there and stuff. But I go in, uh, her, uh, her wife is out there and, you know, I come when it, with chainsaw and stuff to say, all right, let's try to, let's try to clean this thing up and get it at least, you know, to the point where we can, you know, break it down so we start doing that and you know she has friends there and we're cutting all the branches and limbs off and everything and it's got the the tree itself you know it's it's still hooked on the base it's going over a fence and it's got these three prongs giant and and the when i say prongs those limbs on the tree are probably eh, you know about 15 to 18 inches in circumference you know they're huge and so it's almost like it's an altar sitting there Right. And so I said, look, I'm going to have to get up on top of it to, you know, start cutting these things. Well, then one of the chainsaws, uh, someone bends the chain on it. And so now we're down to one chainsaw and I've cut most of it away with the one thing I'm like, I got this, the, the part that was the, the big, you know, the actual tallest part of the tree is now sticking out, you know, horizontally, but it's not touching the ground. And I'm like, look, if I can get rid of that sucker with one fell swoop, cause nothing's touched the ground. So it should, when I cut it, if I cut a V, I'll cut it here, and it'll just fall. And uh, that was a mistake. <laughs> because I go up on a ladder, and I'm about, my feet are about eight feet off the ground. The the limb, which is, you know, bigger than your body, is uh, it's probably about 14. Which isn't saying much, though, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> about 14 feet off of the ground. 
and I start cutting it, and then I cut it, and uh, thing, it starts to break. And I look at it, and the front end is not you know near the ground or anything. So I'm like, oh, it'll be all right. And then I start to cut it more, and it fully breaks. And when it breaks, this is what happens. You know, I'm standing on that ladder, and the front end dives into the ground, and it shoots it back, and it just obliterates the ladder that I'm on. It just the the giant part of the tree just shoots into the ladder, and so immediately, you know, my head is probably about 12 feet off the ground. Immediately, my feet and my head are at the same level because it has turned me horizontal. And I've got a I got a chainsaw in my hand, and I don't know where. Gabby's at my daughter-in-law and so I'm like oh shit and I just I go and boom and I hit the ground first thing first thing I thought when I hit the ground truthfully was motherfucker that hurt and then I realized quickly I can't breathe and so I'm like all right it'll come back just relax right and then I realized let me get to my hands and knees so I roll over and get to my hands and knees and then blood is pooling out of my head I said oh god damn it that's what I'm thinking, but I'm like, just get the breath. And so I'm, I'm doing the, uh, 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 trying to get, and it goes on for about, an, and, and it goes going on for, well, Gabby, she leaves me, goes running in the house where my wife's at and gets my wife. My wife comes out and they're trying to talk to me and I'm like, I can't fucking talk. So now it's been, it's about a minute when I start getting little sips of air, right? And it's like, all right, I'm going to live, I think. And so I see, you know, I'm sucking in here and my wife is saying, you know, what's wrong? She thinks I have head trauma from the chainsaw and stuff like that because the blood and everything. And I go, ribs. That's all I said, ribs. Because when I first took in the, the only breath of air that, you know, finally seemed normal, I realized, you know, I, I could feel the click, click, click. And I was like, ah, oh, shit, I broke my, I broke my ribs bad. And so <laughs> I give myself up. I walk over to a, uh, her garage and when i walk i realize oh my hips fucked up too and then as i'm standing leaning on her her side by side that she uses for her farm work i realize wow i'm really having a hard time breathing here i think i might have collapsed a lung <laughs> and so i'm like this this is not good right now and my wife's going come on we we got to go to the hospital said, no no i'm gonna be fine <laughs> I'm going to be fine. <laughs> so eventually says, no, we're going. Well, the, the hospital's like 40 minutes away, right? So we get, we get in my truck. She starts driving. And so that's when I took out my phone, right? And then she's already cleaned me up, you know, you know, cleaned me up with the towels and stuff. So the bleeding's all stopped. The cut on top of my head is all, you know, it's not bleeding and stuff. So, you know, she goes, what are you doing? I said, well, you always say that I, I don't do enough Instagram stuff. So here, here, you know. So that's when I said, well, you know, I fought a tree and I lost. And I go through that whole thing, right? Well, she, she goes, I am not putting that on Instagram until I find out that you're going to be okay. I said, whatever you want, it's yours. You can have it, right? So then we go to the hospital, which is 40 minutes away. It's not a trauma one level, you know, I guess is what they call it. So they, they put me in a CAT scan and come back. And the first thing I'm told is, all right, you've got a contusion on your lung. Your kidney is also contused, and you have three broken ribs. And we have to send you to UT, University of Tennessee. And I'm like, I don't want to go to University of Tennessee. No, you've got to go. So they get an ambulance, and so I'm in. The, they put me in the ambulance. So now it's another 40-minute ride. So I got a 40-minute ride, and every bump on the road when you're in this you know, position with your ribs sucks. 
you know and so it's like every time you hit oh right and it's like okay so i get to uh, ut they put me in the thing there this uh female doctor comes in and she tells me oh you have five broken ribs i go i have five broken ribs she goes oh yeah you got five broken ribs and so i said okay well then about 10 minutes later my main doctor comes in well this is a teaching school and so this is what he says this is the best i love what he says man is he's got five you know i guess uh what do they call them? You know, they're students. students. I don't know, but yeah. you know, residents or whatever. You know, people that uh, are becoming doctors. Yeah. And so, you know, he comes in, and this guy is all teacher. He doesn't doesn't even look at me. Doesn't, you know, and goes, "All right, people, all right, what do we have here? Ribs five through ten. I want you to count five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That's not five ribs. That's six ribs." He goes, we have six broken ribs here. He goes, 58-year-old. He goes, has asthma. He goes, high mortality rate. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> so I kind of look at him, right? My wife, is, she's got that daggers are flying out of her eyes right now. Oh. Right? And he kind of, he looks at me at that point, right then. And he's like, gets, gets this puzzled look, right? And then he, he goes to his little chart and he looks and he goes, Oh my God, let's get it on. Right? And he goes, <laughs> What a jerk. Oh, jeez. And I, I just looked at I him. I said, my him. first response was to him, Oh, does that mean my mortality rates just changed? Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so man. it's got to be painful to laugh. Right oh, now. dude, it's killing me. <laughs> so I end up with six broken ribs, a bruised kidney that is not functioning correctly. And a hole in my lung. So I have, I feel really good. But I'm, I'm doing good. Man. I'm going to let you know. It would have been the cheapest way to go. It would have been five or $600 to do oh, the DMT guy. Trust you get me. It? No, it you would understand? not. Five or six. I, said I, am, it I am telling you right now, that tree would be at least $4,000. No way. Oh, I got 17 easy. palm trees. Are they you call kidding every me? Every single time. You said palm trees bucks. aren't nothing. You have no Who idea cares? what a giant they, oak tree is. They got. I have a neighbor that had to have an oak tree taken out. Ten thousand dollars. I've had trees in no my one, my yard. Unbelievable how expensive it is. John, John, let me ask you this: How much? Don't is ask. Your doctor don't ask me how much my medical bill is. <laughs> John, let me ask you: How much is your doctor bill going to be? Uh, there you go. That's what I have insurance, man. LAPD. It would have been worth. Wow. Oh man. All right, guys. Well, hey, we're going to let Big John get some rest tonight. And, uh, you know, we uh, hope you guys enjoyed the show. Go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Wayne In. This shirt was available up until yesterday. It is gone now. It was a limited edition. But uh, you go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Wayne In. Use the promo code and still. Is that still available? Yeah. And then we'll actually be doing a new T-shirt announcement on Saturday. So nope. make sure you tune in on Saturday or Sunday. Oh, so, uh, there you go. Saturday. There you go. And oh, all yeah, the, also, make sure you guys hit the subscribe button on all of our audio platforms iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, all of those platforms as well. Go to our YouTube channel, hit the uh, thumbs up. We've hit 100,000. We want to thank you guys. Also, Dave will be putting together and working together uh, this week um, to get our Clips channel up and running. And uh, once he gets that all going, we will go ahead and have you guys start subscribing to that as well for our shorter, smaller clips. We know a lot of you guys want our. Um, 
timestamps, but we're letting you guys know we're going to move all that, all those timestamp style stuff to the Clips channel so you guys can follow both pages. We appreciate you guys following us. We think we're so thankful that you guys um, continue your interest in us and support us, and we just thank you guys for that. John? Absolutely. Wolverina, you said you were subscriber 100,000. I don't believe you, but I just want to say thank you. So see ya.